0: Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: Hey, everyone. Sam Stasekul here, joined by my co-host, colleague, buddy, Paul Tenorio. We, of course, recently put out our podcast series on the USMNT from Cuba to Qatar. You can find that right here in the Athletic Soccer Show feed. But we are less than a week away from the US releasing their roster, their 26-man squad, for the World Cup Paul and I had a conversation about the roster selection, who we think head coach Greg Berhalter is going to bring on his team and who we would take if we were in charge on our weekly show, Allocation Disorder, where we cover all things USMNT and MLS. We'll be all over the World's Cup on the Allocation Disorder show from Qatar once the tournament begins and once we get over to the Middle East here shortly. But we have that conversation coming up. What
2: follows is segments two and three from this week's Allocation Disorder, where we dive in, like Sam said, to Greg Berhalter's roster, what we think Greg Berhalter will do with his World Cup roster, and then our predictions. You can find the full episode of Allocation Disorder on the Athletic app. It is outside of the paywall. So go ahead and listen to Allocation Disorder there and stay tuned, of course, to this feed during the World Cup, where we will have regular episodes of Allocation Disorder, breaking down everything that the USMNT does in Qatar.
1: You and I are both heading to Qatar on November 12th, a little more than a week from we're sitting here recording. Uh, The roster, 26-man squad for the U.S. national team, is going to be named on November 9th. On Wednesday, Paul, we're not even going to have a show between now and then. We are going to have a show on Wednesday night after the roster comes out, so stay tuned for details on that. We'll break it all down for you guys. Uh, They're announcing it at a live event at Brooklyn Steel. A music venue in Williamsburg. I will be there in person. Um, and yeah, it's at 5pm ESPN2 for those of you that want to watch in the United States. But Paul, we should, uh, we should break this thing down. We've been putting out roster predictions. We've had three of them over the last however many months. Uh, let's go with our fourth and final. We have a story out on the athletic. If it's not out by the time you're listening to it, it will be very soon. Uh, Breaking it all down, but let's run through who we think is going to make the roster, and then let's talk about who we would take as well. So, should we? How How you want to do this? Position by position. What do you want? Yeah, do? let's just let's start with with Burhalter's roster. Our
2: prediction for Burhalter's roster, and we'll run it down quickly. We'll go position by position, and we'll start the obvious place that you start goalkeeper. That is very. You, you and I agreed on this. There are a couple places, by the way, where Sam and I disagreed on who we think Burhalter will take. We'll get into that, of course. Maybe we'll save those two positions for last um, so that we yeah. can make this run through easier. I don't know, but goalkeeper first, we had the Racing same three, the <laughs> Sean Johnson, Zach, Stefan, Matt Turner, no Horvath, no Horvath. And and the reason for me is simple. Um, and, and you and I talked about this. If Matt Turner gets injured, you want your most experienced next starter up. And that to me is, is Zach Stefan. And then I, I think, you know, Sean Johnson played well all, all season long for, uh, for NYCFC he was playing well in the playoffs. And, you know, he's a he's a really well-respected guy in the locker room, Uh, veteran voice, which I think matters in a a really young locker room. You got to find the places where you can put some veterans into this locker room. And Mm -hmm. and third goalkeeper is definitely one of those one of those spots. So that's and and also I, I did go look at Ethan Horvath's numbers. It's not like he is like he's playing every game, but it's not like he's playing crazy well, like his numbers aren't. To the point where are like, oh, well, he you have to take him over, Sean Johnson. So, right. yeah, I think we both kind of just fell with like, okay, Sean Johnson, veteran voice in the locker room, is, is going to be the guy.
1: Paul, I'm, I'll just say this regarding the goalkeepers. I wouldn't be stunned if Zach Steffen's not on the team. For sure. so And if he is not, I would expect it to be Horvath. Uh, so just keep an eye on that. It's been a weird situation with him. He didn't go in June uh, because of family reasons. Uh, and then he didn't go in September. He was injured in the build-up to the September camp, but then he played for Middlesbrough in the final match before that FIFA window opened. So he was healthy enough to play for his club, um, but didn't get called to the U.S. national team. So interesting there. Left back, again, I think we're in agreement here. Uh, Anthony Robinson, of course, is the number one. And if everything goes according to plan, he will play every minute in Qatar, I think it's fair to say. Uh, behind him, the U.S. doesn't have like any clear number two left back. Sam Vines was not good in September. He he struggled pretty bad against Japan. Joe Scali came in against Saudi Arabia on the right side, where he plays for Gladbach in in Germany. Uh, And he did really well, actually, in that game. Um, So I think he will make this team as kind of a backup left back slash also an option. At right back, he's, he's doing pretty well in Germany at the moment. So I think he beats out Sam Vines. And I think you're in agreement there.
2: Yeah. And I think for me, one thing that that made this decision for me is that Anthony Robinson said to the athletic, actually, that he's learning to play Your on wrestler, one
1: our yeah. colleague who covers Fulham.
2: Yeah. He's learning to play on one ankle. Not something you love to hear. So if he's playing no. on one ankle and something happens, you need multiple, you need people who can play on the left side. Well, and so Sergio Des would yeah. des would play left back, but you, you want somebody who can back him up there. Scally would be there. He'd add depth on the right side as well. Right. But uh, for me, I think that is going to prompt Burhalter to bring an extra fullback. We'll get into,
1: I think, well, I, well, would do, just, I would just stay there. Leave. Let's just stay there. Let's go to right back. Yeah. So we think he's going to bring an extra. We think he'll bring five. And and the, the other three, in addition to Robinson and Scally, would be Dest, of course, Serginio Dest, DeAndre Yedlin, and Reggie Cannon. Those have been the three for most of the time. Shaq Moore. Seems to very much be in the running. He's in the ongoing fitness camp for MLS players in Texas. Uh, So I I wouldn't be shocked at all if he made it over Cannon or Yedlin. Uh, I would be surprised if he made it over Yedlin. Yedlin, I think, is there for the experience. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if he made it. Uh, But I do think it's going to be. I do think Burhalter will take Cannon and Yedlin behind us.
2: Yeah, I mean Burr has talked about the fact that Reggie Cannon's been playing on the right side of a three man back line in Portugal that he, he likes
1: straight up center back the other day, too. Yeah.
2: He likes that versatility. He likes what that gives him if they need to go three in the back. That that Cannon has experience playing there. Obviously, the center back depth chart, which we're about to get to, is not ideal in any way. So Cannon kind of adds another
1: option um in that position. So also adds the option to kind of tweak things a little bit with how they build in midfield we saw it against Morocco when Robinson pushed really really high in that match and Musa dropped deeper and Aronson was playing higher in midfield Cannon basically was a stay at home almost a third center back on the right side in that game so could add an option in that regard although if everybody's selfie and playing well I don't think he's gonna get a lot of time on the field necessarily Uh, you want to go to center back this is one of our this is one of our differ spots or differ spots, you know? What yeah.
2: I mean, I, this, we didn't agree on who Berhalter will take here. I think there are a lot of things up in the air here. There's one guy who is hundred percent going to guitars, Walker Zimmerman. We, we know that. Um, but this, this situation changed drastically and dramatically in may when, when Miles Robinson ruptured his Achilles and to complicate things even further, Chris Richards has essentially been hurt since April. I mean, he's got 200 minutes
1: He's almost um, been hurt since January.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. He, he played, you know, t- the end of the Bundesliga season, to almost not all the way to the end of it, but, you know, for for a decent amount there, and then got hurt and hasn't been a part of U.S. camps, hasn't, and he played 200, just over 200 total minutes, including a stint with the second team of Crystal Palace, less than 200 minutes if you take away that PL2 appearance since April, basically. And so that made the the, the picture even more difficult. You're, you know, you're now talking about the fourth guy on your depth chart being the second guy on your depth chart and the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth competing for three and four. And for me, I think that there is some interchangeability here. Everyone has a weakness or weaknesses. There are things they give you. There are things they don't. It's basically trying to pick who's in the best form, who gives you, you know, the most of what you need, who complements other guys the best. And it's hard to predict. It's hard to predict what burhalter will be thinking. Aaron Long and and Zimmerman getting eliminated in mid October from the MLS playoffs added another wrinkle to that. Aaron Long looking not great for the U.S. in September, looking not great for Red Bull down the stretch. Having Brandon Vasquez run by him for the game winning goal in the playoffs that factored in. All of those things are. Do you at think play it here. actually
1: factors in with Long? Uh, I later. do. I, I don't do think, think it does. I, I don't think I would be very surprised if Long is not on the plane to Qatar.
2: I mean, I have Long going to Qatar in Burhalter's roster, but I do think it factored in. I think, you know, a guy who already wasn't in great form now will have a long time without a game. Not in great form, but a guy that Burhalter clearly believes in. He, he has trusted and believed in, but Long played poorly in September and he played poorly in the playoffs, or at least he didn't look like a shutdown number one center back in MLS. And it's harder, and I think it gets harder to justify bringing him when you're watching Eric Palmer Brown start against PSG. When you're watching Mark McKenzie start every single game for gank as they move up to the top. I, I agree the that top it's top harder game. to
1: justify, but but I also don't think that's going to ultimately change alter's mind.
2: Both have long going. That's yeah. not where we disagree. We disagree on the other guys that are going. So clearly, you and I think that it's not enough to change Berhalter's mind, but I do think it factors in here. I have Long, Mark McKenzie, Tim Ream, and Walker Zimmerman going to Qatar. That Tim Ream name is the surprise. Sam, why don't you say who your four are, and then we can sure. discuss our differences.
1: Well, I was very torn between McKenzie and Carter Vickers. Yeah, um, and I, I almost want to flip my prediction now, but you know, I wrote it down, so. I'm not going to do that. Um, Carter Vickers got the call in September. He had to pull out him and Richards because of injuries. Uh, at that point, Palmer Brown and McKenzie got looks. McKenzie has been playing well uh, in in Belgium, excuse me, uh, for gank. Carter Vickers has been performing with Celtic. I know he missed a couple of games recently, uh, but but it doesn't seem like his health is going to be a concern for the tournament. Um, so I think he will eventually get the nod. Uh, and I think Chris Richards is going to go. Um, Berhalter told us, Paul, in Spain, in September, if Richards is healthy, he's going to Qatar. I don't know if those were the exact words, but close enough. Pretty darn close to it. Um, and, and he's supposed to be coming back to training in the next three days, four days Define by
2: healthy, define healthy, Sam.
1: Well, that's, yeah, I, I that's the question, right? I think, and, and so that would give him a, basically a week of training with Crystal Palace before he would go to Qatar with the U S where he would get another week of training before the first game. I think he brings him. I, I don't know. I could be totally wrong about that. Of course, Richards might not return to training and, and it, and, and this could look pretty dumb, but based on the facts that are available at this current moment at time on Thursday, November 3rd at 12 PM Eastern, <laughs> I'm picking Chris Richards to go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's I think, Paul, if he was healthy, if he was training right now and had been training for the last two weeks, would you No pick doubt, him
2: No yeah. doubt. Here's the thing.
1: I feel like we've
2: been around Greg Berhalter long enough now to know that there is a level of practicality to him. And he thinks of things the way a soccer coach thinks of things. And when you talk about a guy not having been in full team training since August 27th, getting one week of training and that two two weeks of training and then a world cup starts. I'm not saying he's going to start. I just don't know if he will have the confidence to do it unless and we'll get into this when we get to our picks. He brings one less fullback and one more center back. I think if you yeah. bring five center backs, you can bring Chris Richards and hope that you get enough out of him in training that you feel confident to because yes he is clearly the second best center back available in the pool right now if he if he even is close to health like full fitness but he's not close right now so and they have the data they know he's been running on the side and stuff like that it's just different it's a different level when you haven't been training at all for that long
1: yeah we're playing so
2: i could see burhalter dropping one of the fullbacks and bringing five center backs and bringing chris richards as a fifth center back if he only brings four I don't think he he brings him. And and this is where we get to, to my choice. I agree with you, Sam. For me, I was looking at Carter Vickers and McKenzie at first, and then I just felt like, you know, those guys are young. No one is a perfect player here. You know, there are issues with all of these guys. And, I, and because of that, I think you bring Tim Ream. He's starting in the Premier League. He's a veteran player. I mean, yes, he is oh, slower. I would
1: bring Tim Ream. But Burhalter hasn't called him up in more than a year. I, I just think that, again, I go to the practicality side of Burhalter. and I just think
2: he's going to look at this situation, and he's going to say... He hasn't done that, though. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Now it's the World Cup, man. This isn't a friendly in September. It was World Cup
1: qualifying.
2: Like- yeah, but but then I, I think he wanted to see those young guys and see what he had. And what did what did he see? He saw M- Mark McKenzie struggle again. He saw Eric Palmer Brown not, not even play. Carter Vickers didn't come. Chris Richards can't co- can't go. And I think ultimately when you look at what you know, what you know, you know what you're going to get out of Tim Ream. And 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 Burhalter's talked about what he knows he's going to get out of him in a negative way, right? He's talked mm-hmm. about his lack of pace and his inability to win aerials. So why
1: aren't you listening to Greg when he talks? Be- to you? Because
2: ultimately if you're only bringing four, you have to think about if if Walker Zimmerman goes down. You have to think about it. And if, you, if you're not prepared for that moment, if you're then talking about an Aaron Long, Mark McKenzie pairing, or a Mark McKenzie, Cameron Carter Vickers pairing, or Long Carter Vickers, you need, I just think you need to have experienced backup who who is going to give you a specific level. And I think ultimately that he's going to fall back to a guy who the last time we saw him, Started against El Salvador and played well in that game. By the way, played well yeah. in that game. I mean, it's that a was slightly, September
1: of last a slightly year. Slightly different level of competition than the world. But world he world. plays
2: every week against the Premier League. I mean, mm-hmm. if
1: you want to talk about level of competition, listen, man. You don't. Nobody need to is playing me. better
2: levels of competition. I, I,
1: I'm, just, I'm just going on what we've seen and heard from Berhalter over the last year. So that's
2: my pick at center back. I, again, this is to me. There's a level of interchangeability behind Walker Zimmerman. Among the other guys that are that are there for selection, James Sands, we haven't even mentioned. I'm sure he's kind of sort of in in consideration. But for me, I ended up on Long, Mackenzie, and Ream to go with Zimmerman. You ended up with Long, Carter, Vickers, and uh, Richards, and Richards going. So yeah. we'll see. All right, let's move into the midfield, Sam. This is this is easier. <laughs> yeah, it is. So the defensive midfield: Tyler Adams, Kellen Acosta. Not much to say here. Adams is the starter. You hope he never comes off the field like he almost didn't in qualifying. Other right. than a stint almost, at right, right
1: back, unless you're up three nothing and you don't need you, you can rest him for a few minutes. Right. Yeah.
2: So. And then you bring Kellen Acosta in. That's the guy who's, who's subbed for him. He also adds a little bit of depth at the number eight position. You don't want to play him there, but he does give you depth, yeah, as I we don't, saw in September. I don't, think you should,
1: I don't think you should consider him depth there, to be, but, frank, to I be mean, but, quite honest.
2: You know, I, I think in a World Cup, we know that I think it would be more likely to see Gio Reyna play there, Brendan Aronson to play there, than Kellen Acosta, mm-hmm. but he also gives you the ability to play left back in a pinch, right back in a pinch. He's a veteran guy. He's well-respected. He'll be there. Central midfield, I we have... Um, agreed on this one, but there are some interesting decisions here. Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, Christian Roldan, Malik Tillman. This changed with Luca De La injury. I think both of us would have had De La Torre going to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. He picked up an injury. Celta De Vigo came out, said he had a hamstring injury. It's going to hold him out until, according to their doctors, November 20th, which is the day before the U.S. opens against Wales. Not having had conversations beyond the release that Celta put out, we didn't feel comfortable putting him on our team. I look at Roldan as a glue guy who's going to make this team. He's a vibes guy. Malik Tillman, very inconsistent. But if you're talking about the 24th, 25th guy on the roster, you want to bring someone off the bench who could potentially change a game. Tillman is capable of doing that. That's how I got there. Sam, how'd you get there?
1: Um, I got there because Burhalter keeps giving him chances and calling him in. And what about Roldan? Same, same logic as you. The glue guy. He's been involved in every camp that he's been healthy for since last summer uh, yeah. that he hasn't played much, but that tells you a lot right
2: there. Very well liked in the locker room. Very well liked behind the scenes. Really respected. If you, when you talk to people who are around the team, they believe Rodon will be there partly just because he's so well liked in that locker
1: room. So that yeah. I think there's a lot more to get into with this position, but I think we should save that for our Sure. for the roster um winger i don't think there is a ton to get into a winger necessarily you have a good solid group and i think the question is who's going to be the fifth one assuming that you are going to bring five the four, first four are very straightforward it's aaronson pulisic reina and wea and those guys are all barring any sort of injuries knock on wood locks they're going and they're going to play roles at the world's cup the fifth one comes down to paul areola and jordan morris uh, we both agree that it'll be Ariola. He's played, you know, he has some of the Roldan energy going for him. Um, he's played more for the U.S. Uh, in part because of Morris's ACL tear that he suffered early in 2021. I think that was. Um, I think he had a better season in Major League Soccer. Uh, I think he's just got the edge in basically every way. Yeah.
2: Well, he's been productive too for the national team. I mean, he just brings an energy to the field. And and I think really a, a level of verticality and aggression that they lack sometimes at the winger position, especially when Tim Weah can't go. Yeah. Um, And, for,
1: and for, I, for me, I could see him being a guy that you bring on if you're protecting a lead late in the game. Potentially. Yeah. I mean,
2: mm-hmm. I, I think that I, I just feel like there's more faith that Ariola can change can do something in a game that impacts it
1: more right now today than than Jordan Morris. Yeah, I think so too, and and I think I think that's pretty clear in Berhalter's thinking. Actually, I would be surprised if it was Morris over over Paul Ariola striker Paul. This one is curious. We had a uh, you know the U.S. had hot striker summer. I was going for a while. I think that's kind of over now. Um, Jesus Ferreira has been the favorite of Berhalter since the June camp. He did not end the season well with FC Dallas. He did not look good for the U S in September. I don't think that matters. I think he's Greg's guy. I think he's going to Qatar behind him. You have Ricardo Pepe, who is all of a sudden scoring goals for Groningen in Holland. You have Josh Sargent who has done well in the championship, but is nursing an injury at the current moment. Uh, Hopefully that doesn't affect his status for Qatar, but we'll see. You have, um, Jordan Pfock, who started the Bundesliga season really well and has not scored in almost two months now. So he's he's on a cold streak. And then you have, you know, a couple other guys Brandon Vasquez, Haji Wright. Uh, they're not going. I think it's those four that I mentioned off the bat and probably three spots for the four of them. How do you see Burhalter breaking this one down?
2: I was torn here. I've been a big sergeant guy. Um, and I thought for sure that that September was going to be a moment for him. It wasn't. He barely got any time. And I and and that's that's stuck in my mind. Um, I don't. I don't know how big of a fan burhalter is of PFOC. He's not much of a, a like soccer player that he wants in that number nine that can drop in that can combine. I, that can I don't pass. think he is a fan. He, he doesn't. He, fan. <laughs> he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do it for this club. He doesn't do it for the national team. But this is a tournament. And when you look at what Pifok does well, which is get his head on the ball and get that on frame, there's, there's use there. And Burhalter used that aspect of Jordan Pifok in the Nations League semifinal against Honduras. Pifok came through with a goal. He called on Pifok at the Azteca in a game where, you know, they needed to get a little bit more vertical and a little bit more direct um, as the game was, was going. Pifok got an opportunity to score there. He missed, but he got in the place to, to score that goal. I think that Berhalter is going to look at the situation and say, there might be a point in this tournament, maybe in that third game against Iran, that's late in the game, you need a goal, you're you're serving crosses into the box, or we're going to need a target. Kitch- kitchen sink time. And yeah. I need a big guy to be on the end of those. And I think that ultimately wins out. I have Burhalter taking Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Pipak, and Ricardo Pepe. So you think Pepe
1: over Sargent? Yeah. Okay. Um, I agree with you. I think Pepe will go. I think like Ferreira, Greg has put a lot of trust and faith in Pepe, even when he has not been performing well. At and Pepe club. scored in qualifiers, unlike anyone else on this list. Ferreira had a goal in qualifying too against Panama. But um, besides the point, uh, he did score in qualifiers uh, more than a year ago. No. <laughs> uh, but he did score uh, and now he's scoring again in Holland and I'm sure he's in a much more confident frame of mind. I think he will go as well. Um, and I totally hear what you're saying about P versus Sargent, And I think it really makes a lot of sense. I just can't get over the fact, man, that like to me, Sergeant is the best striker on this team. And I don't think it's really all that close right now. I think he should be starting. <laughs> um, and so it would be kind of crazy to me to not take him. Uh and this is sort of maybe this is maybe blending who I would take with who I think Greg's going to take, but I do think I do think Berhalter will end up taking Sargent and leaving PFOC at home.
2: yeah, I mean i we'll, we'll, we're about to get into who we would take, but I would just say that like I do think it's close. like I do think that there like there's nobody standing out in this group, and that
1: makes it hard, and that makes it harder to make a call here. Yeah, Paul, let's take one more quick break, and we'll come back with our version. If we were Greg Berhalter, if we were the coach of the U.S. men's national team, who we would bring to Qatar, stay with us.
0: Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick Sporting Goods. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, Courtside seats to an NBA game and more. Head over to Michelob slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold
1: of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me.
0: You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: And we are back. Allocation disorder. MLS Cup week. World's Cup roster week. We just went through our predictions for who we think Greg Berhalter is going to bring to Qatar for the U.S. Now it's time to give our picks for who we would take. Paul, there's not a ton of divergence, but there are some significant points of it. Um, Goalkeeper, I think we're both the same as as Berhalter or as our predictions for Berhalter with Johnson, Stefan, and Turner. Any difference there for you? Nope, sticking with those three. All right, we do have some differences along the back line already. How do you see that? How would you, what would you do here? And why would you do it?
2: Well, as, as I alluded to in the last segment, I would take four fullbacks instead of five and I would bring five centerbacks. And the reason is I just think that there are, there's not enough separation in the center back group for me to feel confident about anyone. And for that reason, I want to give Chris Richards every chance to show me that he's fit. Um, I also think that you have guys who can play fullback in a pinch where you wouldn't if a, if a center back went down, you dropped to three center backs. There's just not a lot of wiggle room there. Whereas both Tyler Adams and Kellen Acosta can play fullback if you really need it. Um, and, and I think Tim Ream who I'm bringing can also play fullback. Mark McKenzie could also slide out and play fullback in, in a pinch. So it, I, I just think when I look at an extra roster spot, I'd rather put it on the center back. So I dropped Reggie Cannon from the the team that we predicted for Burhalter, and I brought, Chris Richards. I also am bringing different center backs than I have Burhalter taking. I am dropping Aaron long from the center back group. If it were me, if I were in charge, it would be Cameron Carter, Vickers, Mark McKenzie, Tim Ream, Chris Richards, and Walker Zimmerman at center back with Robinson, Scally, Dest and Yedlin as my
1: fullbacks. Wow. Look at us. We're the same. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have all of the same reasons as you um, long, man. That was a tough one. Because I think that there are some things that he does pretty well. He's good in the air. He is a good athlete, despite what people yeah. are clowning him for with videos of, of him being toasted by Vasquez. That, to me, was less an issue of speed, more an issue of awareness. Um, but he hasn't been good, basically, at all for the U.S. Like he, he, He's been, like at best, okay. And I don't really see that ceiling improving when he's facing better competition at the World Cup. Might McKenzie or Carter Vickers have a dud performance in them as well? Absolutely. But I think they're doing better for their clubs at this moment in time. And long, long hasn't played. They're playing Neither that's what it worked for me. But long hasn't played in now, two and a half weeks, and by the time Wales rolls around, more than a month. So that that is sort of what it came down to for me. Yeah. Um
2: and yeah, that was that yeah. was
1: I just want to say that was the deal breaker for me too. Like, do I see a
2: huge difference, honestly, between Long Carter Vickers and and no um Mackenzie? No, I don't really. Um, but the fact that, that, whereas I do with Zimmerman, right. So that for me, the fact that long isn't playing, um, it won out for me. And I, and I, I went with the two guys who are playing Carter Vickers, playing champions league, McKenzie's playing every single week for a team in first place in Belgium. Both of those guys, like you said, do I trust them like to the nth degree? No, I don't, but I also don't long.
1: So that, you know, I just, I, I just factored in form here. Regardless of who's going, neither of us feel great about this spot, so we'll see. Um, Defensive midfield, I think, straight up, Adams, Acosta. We we talked about that in the last segment. Central midfield, though, Paul. Some real questions here. Who you got? Yeah, I really,
2: really struggled with this one. I'm looking at what I wrote, and I'm feeling... I'm I'm
1: questioning my decision. Listen, um let's before you get into this, we reserve the right to change our mind. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um you know, I'm gonna have an article on this next week and, and it might sound different or might look different than what we're saying right now.
2: Right right now, I have McKenny Musa rolled on, and I'm down to that last, that fourth spot. And I I was choosing between basically two guys Tillman and Georgie Mihailovich. Um I know that Georgie's not going right. Like he's not even in the camp. Um, And I I'm back and forth on Tillman because, you know, I read about the fact that Rangers fans feel the same way that some U S fans do about the fact that Tillman kind of walks around the field. Doesn't seem to be working hard, but you know, the thing that sticks in my mind is that the Rangers organization, the the club is saying the same thing that I've heard other people say around the U S which is like, yes, but, but he can change games. He can change games at a high level and he has done like he scored some big goals and had some big moments for them in the league and, and in champions league to get them to the group stage. Um, I've talked myself out of what I wrote here. I had Georgie going if it were up to me. I think Georgie had a great, great year. I have him going over Tillman, but at the end of the day, Georgie hasn't played in a long time and Tillman's playing. At Rangers. Just a couple
1: weeks for Georgie.
2: I mean, we just talked about this for long. I think when you have two guys that I don't you know, feel I like, played
1: an, He played an extra week, though.
2: Yeah, I, I just feel like when you have two guys who, for me, are not separated by so, so, so much, you know, the guy who's playing every single week at Rangers, I, I, I don't know. I have Georgie written down. I, I could end up switching to Tillman. So, I mean, right now, I guess I'll say Georgie because it's written down on Monday when the
1: story comes out. it could say <laughs> Tillman. <laughs> What do you, what'd you what, do? What an equivocation? Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I just well it's, this
2: is like it's very hard to do. Like I, yeah. I just think like if I were honestly really in charge and I were really making a roster to go well, to the that, World that's Cup, that's this exercise. Would I take Georgie right now? I don't think I would. He's sitting at home, and and then, I'm wa- so and I'm watching
0: him, Tillman play. So you keep Realistically, like let's say you're taking in then. my
2: heart. Do I think that Georgie played well enough to earn a spot onto this team? Sure. But oh, realistically, the Let's season did not fall well for Georgie in the in terms of purpose. I,
1: I, I already forgot who you took. You've gone back to close to the I've so just taken both.
2: I've just taken both. I'm taking Tillman. I'm
1: taking okay. Tillman. I, can I've change I've, I've made, made my change right now today to All Tillman. Right, cool. I am taking Georgie Mihalovich. Um I think he's better than Malik Tillman at this particular point in time. I think Tillman has been invisible for the U S and the four appearances that he's, he's had, he's played a little bit on the wing for the U S he has that versatility. Uh, But if I need somebody to come in and make a difference late in the game, I'm making that Mihailovic over Tillman. I think he can do that. And I don't think three or four weeks off is, is going to make or break that for him. So I would take Georgie Mihailovic. He is not going to go. Of course we know that already, but that's, that's who I would take Um, wingers. I think it's the same discussion we had in the last segment. Um we think Berhalter is going to take Paul Ariola. I think we would both take Paul Ariola as the fifth winger behind Aronson, Polisic, Reyna, and Wea. Um, for the same reasons we outlined before over Jordan Morris. But Paul, where where this conversation gets really interesting is up top. Um we sort of got into this in the last segment, but l- let's dive in further here. What what who are your three?
2: Yeah, you know, I know what you're going to do. I, you, we haven't talked about it, but I know what you're going to do.
1: I, do, you want, I have, do you want me to
2: go first? No, I don't. I'm going to tell you because it sets you up because it, you, I know what you're going to do. I, I, I have written down here. <laughs> Jesus what Ferreira. do you think? I'm, what do you think I'm going to do? I think you're leaving his Ferrer off your roster and you're taking Pepe Sergeant and P Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm taking his Peppy, Pepe and Sargent. I, I did a good job of convincing myself to take P I do think there is room for that target in in a tournament setting, but I'm just taking the three guys who I think are most likely to get me a goal. And I don't know, man. I mean, like really, honestly, I could almost create a real justification for leaving Georgie or Malik Tillman off of a roster and bringing four strikers
1: mm-hmm. just I saying, about
2: I, the for the sole reason of saying, okay, P Fox only coming off the bench. If we need a late goal and we need to just, you know, put crosses into the box and try to find someone's head and Gio Reyna and Brendan Aronson and Christian Pulisic can all play central midfielder in a pinch. Kellen Acosta can also play central midfield in a pinch. We have coverage at that spot. I'm bringing, I'm bringing a fourth, number nine, just purely for the target striker. Maybe, maybe that's what I, end up, what I end up doing next week, but right now
1: I have Ferreira, Pepe, and Sargent. All right, so you're half right. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not bringing Ferreira. Okay. Um, I'm oh. also not bringing PFOC. I don't know how you, how you messed this up. I totally messed it. It's your boy, I forgot. I'm bringing my boy, Brandon Vasquez. Um, I'm bringing Vasquez, Sargent, and Pepe. Sorry, I was a, uh, blacked out there for a second. Um, I already kind of outlined Sargent. I think he's the best overall option in terms of who should be starting. Vasquez, for me, if you're talking about a target player and a guy that can get on the end of crosses, he does those things that PFAC does, and I think he's better elsewhere in his game. He's not going to go either. Berhalter, it's too late in the game, whatever it is, whatever the reasoning. I, I don't know why he didn't call him up in June. Uh, I don't know why he didn't call him up in September. Um, I would have in both of those instances. Uh, but I am not the head coach of the U.S. men's national team. I think he's a good player. I think he really is really good at his movement in the box. Is great. He's great at getting across center backs. He's good at finishing crosses. I don't know. I would have loved to have seen him get a chance with this team. And if I was in charge, I would bring him to Qatar because I think he's in a, in a good way and he has been for a year now. And then Pepe, um, I think he does a lot of those things too. And, and he's also in good form. So I'd bring him along for the ride and, and let those three kind of duke it out in terms of who's going to play the most minutes. See, see how they look in training, see who's in the best form, see who's meshing well and ride with that. Ferreira, I've talked about this before. This to me is more of an issue... Part of it is form. He, he did not play well down the stretch for Dallas. Um, no goals in his last seven games. He didn't look good in September for the U.S. But this to me is an issue of how you're going to play. I think if you're the U.S., you need to have an option that can be a target and that can be an outlet and that is willing to stay high and run in behind. His is fast enough to run in behind. That's, there's zero doubt about that. But he doesn't. Not with the U.S., He drops so deep. And unless you have those wingers making those direct runs behind all the time, you're not really having any, any depth to your play. You can't go long. And we know all about the struggles building out of the back from the center backs. We know some of the struggles in midfield in playing in possession. So I think just from like a system standpoint, you need to play with a striker who is willing to actually stay high, occupy the center backs, running behind, and can be an outlet for long balls, that is not Jesus Ferreira's game. That's not to say he's not a good player, but that's not what he's good at. That's not what he does. So for that reason, I wouldn't start him. I wouldn't bring him because he's not in good form right now, in my opinion, right? So when it comes to like an off-the-bench who can make a difference type thing, like he he hasn't proven it on the international level in a good number of chances now, and he's struggled down the stretch in MLS. And so that's why I wouldn't bring him and another guy, Paul that will be going three, four weeks without a game prior to the start of the world cup.
2: Yeah. Not ideal. Usually MLS has a bit of an advantage in that way of, of having their seasons go um, a little bit longer yeah, although um, before they, they start the, a camp they, they the
1: camp. they always go to the pre-world cup camp too. Yeah. And miss some MLS. games. But
2: then they're on the same page, right? They're on the same page as everyone else here. They're not, they're not on the same page as everyone else. So uh, there are some tough calls, man. I, I think when you go through this practice of who you'd bring, who you wouldn't, um, there are some really difficult decisions to make. And I, I'm working on a story about this now. I, I, we're talking about this like from a pure soccer standpoint, and it's it's gonna be worth remembering that for some some of these guys, they're gonna hear some really, really bad news. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that you you dreamed of since you were a kid, and they're this close to it, and they're not gonna get they're not gonna get to go. and that's gonna be a really, 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 really brutal thing yeah. to hear. So um, from, from yeah. having just kind of gone through this and, and like willy <laughs> the, nilly the saying this guy's feeling. going, this guy's yeah. not like, I, I do want to just point that out that the, there is a human factor here too. And, and uh, I wish the best for, for the guys who are going to hear the good news, but also the guys that are going to hear the bad news that they're able to kind of, you know, mentally deal with it. Cause it's not, it's not an easy
1: thing. hundred uh, percent. I echo everything you just said. Uh, I think the good news or the silver lining for the guys that will get the bad news you know, like the guys that are going, a lot of them are pretty young too. And there are other tournaments and other world cups on the horizon. So the story isn't finished. I don't think for really 95% of these guys. Um, So there will be more opportunities, which, which is a positive for sure. But yeah, uh, important to keep that in mind when you think about how things are going to go down on Wednesday. Uh, Paul, it's a big few days in American soccer. Everybody enjoy MLS Cup. It's going to be fun. Jeff Reuter is going to be out there for the Athletic covering it front to back in Los Angeles. So look for his coverage. Um, and then yeah, US roster drops on Wednesday. We'll have that plenty of coverage on the Athletic there. Uh, until then, listen go, to our podcast. Yeah,
2: go listen to our narrative podcast from Cuba to Qatar, remaking the USMNT. Mm-hmm. You got you got to you got to at least a week an hour in of in. this. Yeah. You need more of us. That's two episodes in the Nair Pod. You got one hour of this equals two episodes of that. You got time yeah. for
1: that. Actually, you shouldn't have listened to this. You should have listened to the other show. What were you doing?
2: Well, now you got to make up for it. Now you got to watch three. You got to listen to three episodes back to back to that <laughs> Just
1: that, <you laughs> do all five. Yeah. Go for it. And then, you know, subscribe, rate, and review, unsubscribe, re rate, re review, and re-subscribe. There you go. Yeah. You know, we just need to stay above Club Shay Shay.
2: Keep us above Club Shay Shay.
1: Thanks for listening to Allocation Disorder.